all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. On Money Talks, we discuss money news and take your questions about personal finance. For 15 years, we've provided free financial information for Mississippians. I hope you can join me, Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, co-host of Money Talks, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. or anytime on our podcast. Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. Headaches are one of the most common complaints that we hear in our clinic, both for our pediatric patients and our adult patients. And probably everybody out there listening has had a headache at some point. And so today we're going to be talking about why like we get headaches, what are some common some of the common triggers for headaches, um, when to be concerned about headaches, and what we can do for our headaches. As always, we're going to be taking your calls and questions, and we would love to hear from you. Send an email to kids at mpbonline.org. Um, so yeah, so I thought headaches would be a good topic to discuss, especially in this heat. Um, I feel like a lot of people get headaches in this heat because one of the biggest triggers for he- uh, headaches is dehydration. And living here in Mississippi and in the South, it is so hot and we have to drink extra water more than we normally would drink to keep ourselves hydrated with just the heat that we're experiencing and so with that, a lot of people aren't able to do that in their experience and more headaches. Um, like I said, we see this all the time in clinic. We see it in kids. We see it in adults. Um, and in our kids, sometimes it can be kind of hard. Like, is this truly a headache or are they just trying to get out of something? You know, that kind of thing. So a lot of times parents don't really aren't really sure what they should do and what they should think about when their kids have a headache. So... We're um, going to talk about that today. And as always, I would love to hear from you. So give us a call because headaches are one of these things that everybody kind of has their own little home remedy for that they found to be helpful. So if you can call and share those with us, we would love to hear from you. Um, So like I said, everybody at some point has experienced a headache. If you have not, you're very blessed <laughs> because we've all been there at some point. And it, it like some of the statistics said, you know, um, 90% of people are going to have a headache by the time they turn 18 years old. So that means at some point in raising your kids and raising your grandkids, they're going to complain about a headache. And then we know too, as we get older, so as we move from kids, adolescents, and into adulthood, the headaches only increase with age. Um, So if you're an adult, even not raising kids, you know, you're still probably going to experience headaches as well. So hopefully this will be helpful for you. Um, before before like 12 before teenage years it's pretty you know even um, boys versus girls but as you get older we typically do see more headaches in females um, and uh, particularly migraines 
probably has to do something with the hormonal changes because we know menstrual migraines are a thing for women. And so it probably has something to do with hormones. But we do typically see more migraines in women. Um, But that does not mean men cannot get them because they definitely do. We just typically see it a little bit more in women. And then we tend to see it run in families. So a lot of times I'll have kids that come in, complain about headaches, and, and we're running through, you know, all my questions that I'm asking. And then I'm like, anybody in the family have migraines or headaches? And, you know, mom did, dad did. Somebody has migraines usually in the family if, if a kid is complaining about it. You can usually dig out a history and figure out somebody that did. So um, typically do run in families. Now, some of the just regular old tension headaches, that we get, which can be very annoying. I hate to say just regular old tension headaches because they can be pretty annoying as well. Um, those, not necessarily as much. I'm, th- I'm talking more like migraines and those kind of headache syndromes that we think about. So when, as doctors, when we're thinking about headaches, we're trying to determine if it's what we call a primary headache. Is it just like a normal headache condition, whether it be tension headaches, migraines, um, those typically are our two most common ones, or is it a secondary headache? And the secondary headache would mean that it's related to something else going on. So is it related to your blood pressure? Um, are you having high blood pressure, which is leading you to have headaches? Um, you can have a condition called idiopathic intracranial hypertension or pseudotumor cerebri. You may have heard that term before, but essentially that's where you get an increased pressure in your brain behind your eyes, um, which can lead to headaches. Uh, You know, obviously we don't want to miss a brain tumor or anything like that that could be causing it. It could be your thyroid. I mean, there is a number of things um, that could potentially lead to headaches. And so as physicians, we have to ask you a bunch of questions so we can determine is this what we call a primary headache and just a regular headache syndrome, or is this a secondary headache? Is there something else going on? And so that kind of leads me to my next thing is I feel like a lot of people don't know when they should come in for headaches because we're talking about how common headaches are. Um, but when should you actually come see the doctor? When is it considered a problem? And so a few things that we're going to want to know, and I would recommend if you do have headaches and you're considering going to the doctor, um, to try to start keeping a journal or a little diary of your symptoms, because that will be very helpful when you get to the doctor and talk about your headaches. So a few things that we are looking for, and is um, what we would consider red flag signs, I guess, is the term that we kind of always use. But those are ones that kind of trigger in our head when we're talking to the patients and they tell us some of these symptoms like, oh, we need to think a little bit more about this because these are some that could could mean potentially, doesn't always mean, um, but could potentially mean something else is going on and it could be a little bit more serious. Um, so if you're over like, I would probably say 40 and you're just now getting headaches, you've never had headaches before in your life, and now you're 40 and all of a sudden you're starting to get headaches, uh, that could be concerning, you know, because typically if you're going to have a headache syndrome, a lot of times it does start a little bit earlier. doesn't always, um, but typically it does start a little bit earlier. So if you're kind of hitting that middle age area and you're just now starting to get headaches, that's probably a sign that you need to go talk to your doctor Just get an exam, talk to them, um, and see what's going on. Um, Some other symptoms would be um, if it's waking you up from your sleep. 
So headaches should not wake you up from sleep. So if you're asleep and you wake up in the middle of the night with a headache, that could be concerning. Or the other ones that we like to tell people to look for is early waking headaches. So like when you first wake up in the morning, you wake up with a headache. You know, that can be a sign of like something as simple as like a sleep apnea or you just didn't get enough sleep at night. But it could be the sign of something else that could potentially be going on. So um, new onset headaches as you get older, waking up in the middle of the night with your headaches, or waking up early in the morning with your headaches, vomiting. Um, and now I kind of give a caveat for this because a lot of people out there listening that have migraines, you're probably like, well, I vomit with my migraines all the time. Um, because that can be a potential side of like a symptom with migraines. This is more like vomiting without any kind of warning. So, you know, when you have migraines, uh, if you've ever had one out there, you get that nauseated feeling and then you vomit. This is more of like vomiting without the nausea. And the what we're looking for there is if you get significantly increased pressure in your brain, it will lead you to vomit. Um, and so it's not like you're getting nauseated like you necessarily do with migraines. I mean, you could, but for the most part, with migraines, you're feeling nauseated. Um, as opposed to like if you had increased pressure going on in your head, that necessarily wouldn't always make you feel nauseated and you would just vomit. Um, so that's another big one to think about. Um, I would say those are, and then they always give the caveat too of the um, the worst headache of your life. You know, we've all had really bad headaches out there. But if you've ever talked to somebody who had like a significant headache where they actually was related to like a bleed in their brain, uh, they call it a thunderclap headache or just like the most painful headache you've ever had in your life. Many of these people can't even like open their eyes, think straight because their head hurts so bad. Um, and that can be concerning because those are going to be the ones um, that we think about with people who have like aneurysms in their head that may have ruptured and they have a bleed in their head. But like I said, this is going to be like a significantly severe headache, um, worst headache of your life. So those are going to be our biggest warning signs that we think about um, and our red flag signs. And that's going to if you had any of these signs, that's probably going to prompt us to get some pictures of your head. Because uh, for the most part, we're not really going to get pictures of your head. Uh, but if you had any of these symptoms out there, you need to go get you know checked out so we can figure out what's going on. Some other things to think about just to tell the doctor would be, you know, one is how often you're getting them. That's very important when we're treating headaches because if you don't get them that frequently, then a lot of times we can just kind of treat them as needed. But if you're getting them pretty frequently, then we may want to start you on like what we call a prophylactic medicine or a medicine that would hopefully prevent and decrease the frequency of your headaches. So we need to know how often it's happening. We need to know where it hurts. Um, so, you know, if you have consistently, you know, jot those symptoms down, because if it's consistently on the right side in the temple region, um, you know, we need to know that because that could be indicative of what's going on and causing your headaches. Um, so frequency, where it hurts, does it move anywhere else? Uh, what other symptoms are you having? Like I mentioned migraines, you can get nausea. Um, also with migraines, you can get kind of like a warning sign, um, what we call an aura. So you kind of feel it coming on. You may see some changes in your vision or your hearing. Um, and so we want to know about that as well. Um, we want to know like what makes it worse, what makes it better. 
again, because those kind of things can help us. A lot of times migraines get better with rest and in a dark room, um, but, you know, not always. So it's just things for us to, to know. And then you want to think about just like, have you been exposed to like any new medicines? Have you started a new diet or are you working in a new location? And, you know, any of that kind of stuff, uh, because that could definitely play a role. Some of exposures and triggers that you have can definitely um, help us in treating your, your headaches as well. Oh, one other one I forgot to mention, too, um, vision changes. And that kind of is a, one of those red flag ones. Um, if you're having changes with your vision, that could be blurry vision, double vision, or just really any changes with your vision. Um, that would also could be considered a red flag and one that you want to make sure that you're going to see the doctor for. We are talking today about headaches, one of the most common complaints that we get in the clinic um, in our peds patients and in our adult patients. And so before the break, we talked a lot just kind of like generalizations of headaches and um, I kind of gave out some of our red flag symptoms or our biggest concerning symptoms uh, when, as physicians, we would tend to lean more towards taking a picture of your brain. Um, and then I talked about just some kind of common symptom, uh, symptom associations that we want to know as physicians. And so some things to think about when you're going to talk to your doctor about the headaches. And now we'll kind of get into some more details about headaches. Um, but as always, we would love to hear from you. We've got some open lines, and I would love to hear um, if you have any things that you have found to be helpful for your headaches, or maybe there was something that you found to be a trigger for your headaches and you want other people to know, because uh, we can find a lot of different triggers, uh, foods in particular, um, some medicines, different things like that that could could be leading to headaches. And so if you have that out there, you may be able to help somebody. Um, so we do have a caller. We've got Lynn, who is in Covington, Louisiana. Good morning, Lynn. Yes. Okay. I wanted to ask that I sometimes get a headache. I call it a, a point headache. It's literally just a point. Um, it feels kind of right under the scalp, and it'll be a fairly intense kind of ache for a few seconds, and then it'll stop. And then, like, half a minute later, it'll do it again, and it keeps doing that, um, like, over a course of a few days or a week. And it might happen every few months or something that'll come on. And this is often like the back of my head, mm -hmm. um, the top, up, yeah. So you can get yeah. the, you can get um, these things called neuralgias. I don't know. You may have heard the term trigeminal neuralgia. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard that yeah. before, or if you've heard of people that have had it before. But it's just this like sharp shooting pain that you get kind of on the side of your face, uh, near your cheek. Uh -huh. You can actually get like an occipital neuralgia too, um, where you kind of get the same symptoms, where you just get that sharp little shooting pain, and the occipital region is in the back part of your head. Um, so maybe yeah. you're having something like that. Um, especially since it's not a prolonged headache and it's just more that little kind of sharp, quick pain. Um, yeah. and so I don't know, it may be something like that going on. Okay. Yeah. And like I said, it feels close to the surface, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so. if it, you know, if it is that, um, the trigeminal neuralgia, those are, can be a little bit harder to treat sometimes as opposed to headaches. Uh, but uh -huh. there uh -huh. are medicines out there, and they do work. Um, it just can be a little bit trickier to treat sometimes. It's not we treat it a little differently than we do for headaches. So it may okay. be that – oh, go ahead. 
or like a Tylenol? Would that I don't yeah. would Tylenol work or yeah? Tylenol I works. I don't really buy that much. Okay, yeah. I could try that. It's not real severe, so I haven't pursued it, but yeah. Yeah, Tylenol okay. is totally fine. And it, honestly, Tylenol is usually safer for most people. Um, but I will say for like true headaches, the NSAIDs, so that's going to be like your ibuprofen, Advil, uh, naproxen, Aleve, those tend to work a little bit better for headaches. Um, okay. But for the most part, Tylenol usually does help people, and it is oftentimes safer for people because just as we get older people have more problems with their kidneys and their stomachs and that kind of thing and so um, Tylenol is typically safer but if you've never had those problems before then I would probably lean more towards like an ibuprofen or naproxen for it. Oh okay yeah I have to like with my kidneys um, I avoid ibuprofen if I can so. Yeah well you'll still get some relief with Tylenol it just may not be as good as some of the NSAIDs. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully okay. that helps. But yeah, if it doesn't get better, yeah. I would definitely go seek, um, trying to see your your physician and maybe even get a referral to a neurologist because it could be something like that going on. Oh. Okay. All right. Great. Thanks. That's oh. real helpful. Yeah. Thanks for your call. We appreciate okay. it. Um, so I will just run through in case some people are, are just tuning in um, those red flag symptoms that I had mentioned before the break. And these are the ones, um, like I said, that make us very concerned as physicians. So if you are having uh, new onset headaches as you've gotten older, so I kind of just threw out the age 40. Uh, but if you're 40 and over and you've never really had headaches before and now you're starting to have headaches, you want to get that checked out. Um, if you're having headaches that are waking you up from sleep, if you're having headaches that are worse when you first wake up in the morning, um, if you're having significant vomiting associated with your headaches, um, if you're having vision changes, and then lastly is uh, if you're having the worst headache of your life, which most people, if they're having that, are actually going to the ER and they're not going to make it to the doctor. Um, but, you know, that is the other thing is that when you're having this, this horrible, um, like I said, they call it a thunderclap headache is the term that we use in uh, medicine, but it's just the worst headache you've ever had. Uh, those are the ones that we want to make sure that we're getting checked out and that there could be something going on in your brain. Um, so... When we diagnose headaches, because I feel like I just kind of want to throw this out there because I feel like sometimes people just automatically assume that we're going to get a picture of their brain. And honestly, we don't really have to do that. Um, Most times we can diagnose headaches, what we call clinically. So just by talking to you and taking a history, as well as doing an exam on you. So if you're having headaches, like significant and frequent headaches, and you're going to the doctor to get checked out, um, they need to do a good exam on you. Uh, We need to check your blood pressure and your heart rate. And we want to make sure that all of that is normal. Um, We like to do a quick neuro exam. Um, You know, make sure that all of your cranial nerves are intact, that your strength is normal throughout and the same, um, that you're not having any what we call focal deficits. So we don't want you to have like um, that we notice that maybe your right hand grip is a little bit weaker than your left. Those are the kinds of things that we're looking for. Because, again, that could trigger that maybe potentially something's going on in your brain. Um, And then lastly is checking your eyes. Um, Because one of the things that we can do is we can look behind your eyes. And if you have increased pressure in your brain, we will see changes 
when we look into your eyes. And so if you're having headaches, you want to make sure that you're going to the doctor to get all of that checked out. Get your vital signs, your blood pressure and your heart rate checked out, um, listening to your heart, doing a neuro, neuro exam, and then also getting your eyes checked out because we want to make sure that we're not missing anything. But majority of times, people have normal exams, um, and so we don't really find anything on the physical exam. And so the biggest thing with headaches is getting that history. And so before the break, we talked about some of the things um, that we look for um, with physicians. Uh, you know, like I said, the timing of the headaches, how often you're getting them, where they hurt, any associated symptoms, what makes them better, what makes them worse. And just taking that history, a lot of times we can figure out what's going on with your headaches. And we can talk to you about treatment. Um, when it comes to treatment for headaches, too, I always like to tell people to kind of have realistic expectations. With most things, especially pain issues like back pain issues, headaches, um, anything like that, we can't always take it away. And so, you know, we can't always make the headaches completely disappear, unfortunately. And so when we're treating headaches, I always try to tell people that I'm probably not going to make them go away. But we're hoping to make them better, and we're hoping to make the frequency decrease. You know, that's our goal, is to make your life easier related to your headaches. But realistically, we're probably not going to make them completely go away. Um, and so I just kind of always want to throw that out there, that with headaches, we're not always going to get a picture of your brain, and we're not always going to make the headaches completely go away. But hopefully we can make your life better by decreasing the frequency of them and the intensity of the headaches. All right, so migraines. Um, migraines are probably the most common things that we see in the clinic. Um, it is very common in adults. It is very common in kids. We see a lot of migraines. Uh, so that is going to be, I think, one of the numbers I saw was 12% of the population is going to suffer with migraines. So that's, I mean, that's a pretty decent amount, you know, when you think about it. Um, and migraines can be pretty debilitating um, if you've ever had one before. I had some in college, and I can remember calling home to my mom and my mom being like, just take some Advil and take a nap. And I'm like, do you understand? My head hurts so bad. I can't even think about taking a nap right now. I can't even lay down. My head hurts so bad um, because those migraines, they just they get you. Um, so if, you've lis- if you're listening and you, you know how bad a migraine can be, Typically with migraines, we it's usually pretty localized, um, and it's usually in the temporal region, so, you know, on the, like, front part side of your head. Um, and I'll, oftentimes it's one side more than the other, but it can be both sides. Um, especially in kids, we typically see it on both sides. But m- more in adult, it's usually one side more than the other. And a lot of people with migraines can feel them coming on. Um, so I used to get the aura, and mine was like I would get like a almost like a stained glass picture of my eyes. When I'm like looking ahead, it looks like stained glass. Um, it was just a weird kind of sensation that I would get changes with my vision. And then I knew within an hour I was going to be having a headache. Um, some people, it's not always vision. Um, some people, you can actually have changes in like your hearing. Um, and some people can even have pretty significant like weakness, um, almost like a paralysis um, in their arms. They can't like use their arms or legs or whatever it may be. So it can be this, these auras that come before a migraine can be pretty intense um, and kind of scary. Um, but that happened right before you get your headache. Uh, we've got a caller on the line, James. 
who is in Biloxi. Good morning, James. What's going on? Migraine issues for probably a three- to four-year period, maybe a little longer than that. I think the trigger has to do with the turbinates in my nose. I accept them. It pushes to the right. I tend to get the migraine sensations uh, around my eyebrow above my right eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have onset of visual disturbance. Physician prescribed, the ENT prescribed sumatriptan, uh, which is effective and works. However, I started using Botox for cosmetic purposes for a crease in between my eyebrows, and I came to the realization I'm not getting migraines anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, wondered what your thoughts were about uh, that, because I know it's not it's not the migraine protocol for Botox, but just a few injections in the muscles around in between uh, my eyebrows prevent me from making the angry face, if you will. Yeah. Uh, Right. So Botox now actually has an indication for migraines. Um, But for most people to get your insurance to pay for it, you have to kind of, you know, start down the line of medicine, some of the more common medicines to treat it. And then for refractory migraines. Um, you can use Botox for sure. Um, and you can pay out of pocket for it, you know, and just go in and get your own Botox. But um, for your insurance to pay for it, which it will, um, you kind of have to just go through the steps with different medicines because Botox does have an indication for it. They're not 100% sure why Botox works. Um, I was actually reading about it this morning just to kind of see if I could figure out, you know, understand the process of it. But they don't really know. Um, but what they think is that it's somehow the medicine, um, the botulism toxin, uh, disrupt, disrupts the pathway of the pain transmission. So like the nerves that lead to the with the brain and all the because the way the migraines work is it just kind of like spreads the pain kind of spreads throughout your brain Um, and so it kind of blocks that is what they're thinking they don't really know though why it works but they do know that it works they've had plenty of clinical trials that have shown that botox is very effective for treating migraines so so yeah so you bring a good point and you honestly a lot of the trigger points like where they inject the botox for migraines is the same places you would get it for cosmetic purposes, too. Um, so like you said, you know, you were getting it, <clears throat> I'm assuming, for your, like, what they call 11s, like right there in the middle of your brows. Um, and that's an indicate that's a place that you normally would just inject for cosmetic purposes, but it could potentially be blocking some of those pathways for your pain, especially if yours is right near the eyebrow um, and for your migraines. What do you think about uh, the ENT approach for septoplasty? to repair the septum, and my theory that the trigger is, because it happens a lot in the summer, my migraine, when I'm outside where it's hot and humid, and then I walk into a room where it's cold and dry, and I know the turbinates are going to swell mm-hmm. in that, that change in climate, and that seems to be a trigger for me for, for, for migraines. If I was to have the deviated septum surgery, do you think that would help me in terms of uh, avoiding the trigger? If it is that uh, turbinate inflating and pushing against inside of my nose. I mean, potentially. 
I, I mean, I would I would see what ENT had to say for that. I mean, I think most of those surgeries are pretty successful. Um, since I don't do them, I'm not as familiar with the success rate of them. But just like from talking to patients, I feel like people tend to get um, improvement in their symptoms. And so if that is potentially a trigger for you, then I don't see why it wouldn't help. Um, but I would probably talk to your surgeon first and see, you know, kind of if they, based off of your anatomy, if they feel like it could be a successful surgery. I don't see why it couldn't help. Thank you for your uh, response. Yeah, thanks, James, for your call. We appreciate it. And I, I think James brings up a good topic and triggers. Finding the trigger for your headaches is such a big deal, and that's awesome that James has already figured that out because if you can pinpoint what is leading and triggering your headaches, um, then hopefully we can treat it your headaches a lot better. So, you know, he's kind of figured out what tends to cause it, especially it gets worse in the summertime when the sinuses flare up. And so I think you're definitely on to something with going to the ENT and seeing if that could the surgery could potentially help your headaches. So um, so triggers for headaches are a big deal. If you can figure out what triggers your headaches, a lot of times we can help you a lot better with your headaches. So thanks, James, for your call. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. We started a discussion about migraines, and I mentioned that migraines are typically pretty significant headaches, usually in the temporal region, but it can be anywhere. Um, in adults, it's usually focused in one area. Uh, in kids, it's usually focused in more than one area. So, like, usually it's both temples in kids. In adults, it's usually one-sided. Um, and then we talked about how you can have the aura where you can get some vision changes. You can get some just neurologic changes right before the headache comes on. <clears throat> and then also associated with the migraines, you can get some nausea and some vomiting. Typically, light makes it worse, sound makes it worse. And so what we tell you to do is to go get into a dark, quiet room and really trying to sleep. Um, Because like I mentioned earlier, you have that like spreading of the pain throughout the brain. And so getting rest uh, tends to slow that down. Um, And so that's what we're trying to do to treat the migraines. What I would recommend, and like we talked to our um, previous caller about, the inset class, so the ibuprofen, naproxen, which is Advil and Aleve, <coughs> typically work best for migraines. But they, you have to take it like the minute you feel the headache coming on. Um, once the headache is there, it's a lot harder to treat. So you want to take it the, the headache medicine the minute you feel that it's coming on. And hopefully that can help treat it. Um, our patient earlier mentioned uh, Imitrex, uh, which is our class of triptans. Um, some other ones is Maxalt. That's another common one that we see a lot. Those typically work really well for headaches. And what they do is essentially, again, it's just perm- it's t- trying to slow that cortical spreading of that pain that happens with the migraines. And so um, I, the triptans are pretty nice because they come in different uh, um What's the word I'm trying to think of? Like compilations? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so you can take them as a pill. Um, you can take it as a shot. A lot of people like to just take it as a shot. Or there's actually a version where you can actually shoot it up your nose, too, uh, that can be very helpful. Um, so that's the nice thing about these medicines. They're also covered by insurance, and they're also very cheap. So if you can't, you know, you can get a good RX if your insurance doesn't cover them. 
and you can find them for fairly cheap. They're not that extremely expensive. So that's the nice thing about these medicines. Um, now, there is lots of newer medicines. You've probably seen the commercials for uh, Ubrelvi. That's one of the biggest ones. Uh, I think like Serena Williams is on that commercial. And Khloe Kardashian, they always are advertising for Ubrelvi. That is a newer medicine. It works different than these class of medicines the triptans do. But uh, you know, I've never taken one before because thankfully migraines have dis- my migraines have disappeared. I only had that during college. Um, but for my patients, the Ubrelvi works really, really well. The problem with it is, is it's not always covered by insurance because it is such a newer medicine, um, and so the coverage for that one is not as good. So, but if you have migraines and <clears throat> you go see a neurologist. They may be able to uh, get you some coupons or set you up with some samples and that kind of thing for it uh, because I have heard really good things about it. Um, and it works pretty well. So it is a calcitonin gene-related peptide antagonist. Big word for essentially another way to fight that inflammation and that spreading of the pain throughout the brain. <clears throat> Some people with headaches, I mean, these migraines can last up to 72 hours. Um, So if you're in one of those states where you just can't get the migraines to break, um, you may need to go to the ER or you may need to go to an urgent care clinic because you may need some IV medicines, um, Toradol, Compazine, or some medicines that we typically use. A lot of times we'll give you some fluids, too. Uh, because that tends to help some. And then sometimes you may be able to call your doctor and just take some steroids. Um, Sometimes we'll use steroids as well to kind of help break that headache cycle. So if you have one of those headaches that just won't go away, it's been three days and you're still having one, you need to call your doctor or go to the ER so that you can get some, some help. So these are all things to do when you get a headache. If you're having these headaches frequently, then we need to figure out a way to help you decrease how often you're getting those headaches and hopefully decrease the severity. Um, So first thing, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you got to find your trigger. Because there's a lot of people that can figure out what it is in particular. I mean, it can be something that you eat, you know, maybe um, a pizza, a certain pizza that you eat that you notice that every Sunday night you eat pizza and then you wake up with a headache on Monday. Um, It could be something in that pizza that you're eating, you know. It could be a certain medicine. Um, We do see that a lot. And actually, that's what my migraines were related to was a medicine um, that I ultimately had to stop taking. So there definitely can be certain medicines that are doing it. Um, Lack of sleep and dehydration are also two huge triggers. So for like our teenage girls and teenage boys um, that come in with headaches, you know, we ask them, how much water are you drinking? What time are you going to bed? And a lack of sleep and dehydration can are huge triggers for migraines. Um, but like our previous caller, you know, he he relates it to his sinus issues. Um, and so if you can figure out your trigger, then a lot of times we can really help you. We can better help you treat your migraines. Um, just some simple things that you can do if you're out there listening and you get frequent headaches and some of them sound kind of like migraines, but you don't really want to take a prescription medicine, um, which I totally understand. There are some natural supplements that you can take, in particular riboflavin, which is vitamin B2. Um, It's one of the B-complex vitamins. It can actually be really helpful in preventing headaches. Um, I would say the success rate is actually a little bit better in our kids and teens. Um, But I have had some adults that have improvement with their headaches with riboflavin, in particular when you combine it with magnesium supplements. I feel like I hear about magnesium supplements like all the time lately. A lot of people are starting to use them for sleep. Um, But magnesium can actually be very helpful for headaches as well. 
You do have to be careful with magnesium because if you take too much, uh, then you get the side effects like milk and mag, uh, which will make your stomach all upset and have diarrhea. So you got to be careful with it. But if you take the riboflavin and the magnesium, um, you can get some pretty significant improvement with your headaches. Again, we're not going to take them away, but we can definitely decrease the frequency of them. Um, We've got a lot of prescription medicines that we can use for your headaches. And what we do as physicians is we try to see, because they uh, <clears throat> they don't always, all of these medicines help other things too. And so we try to pick what medicine we're going to use to treat your headaches based off of what your other medical problems are and other symptoms are. Um, we've got a caller, so we'll go to Craig in Biloxi. Good morning, Craig. Hey, good morning. Uh, I recently had a neck injury and and it caused a severe headache. And when I, when I did neck traction, it got rid of the headache instantly. I was wondering if a lot of people get sleep wrong and uh, have that same issue with um, headaches. Yeah, so tension headaches, we see that a ton. <clears throat> and so like a lot of people who sit at computers and are just, you know, craning over a desk and looking at a computer all the time, or um, maybe they do some kind of manual labor where they do, you know, irritate their neck a lot, we definitely see a lot of what we call tension headaches related to that. And a lot of the neurologists for those headaches will actually recommend muscle relaxers at night. Um, there's one in particular that we use a lot is Xanaflex or Tizanidine. Um, and it's one that you can take at night because it does usually make you sleepy. Um, but just over time, using that muscle relaxer and just kind of releasing some of that tension in the back of your neck and head can really help with those headaches. So, so if you sit up straight and look at your screen, like raise your screen up, it would probably help with that. Yeah, yeah, it potentially could. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, but none of us have great posture. Here I am, all slouched over, talking to you right now as I'm looking at the computer. Um, but yeah, if you try to, you know, be more conscious about your, you know, your posture and maybe change some of the positioning on your desk, it could potentially help. But we do see it a ton in people who are, have, like, desk jobs and looking at computers all day. Okay, th- thank you. Yeah, I was just wondering because uh, it, it instantly got rid of my head headache when I got tension, uh, you know, traction on my neck. Yeah, and so sometimes we'll even recommend people going to, like, physical therapy, too, because um, the physical therapist can help with, uh, you know, just some of the overall treatment of neck pain. Um, but a lot of them do massage therapy, too. And some of that, like, myofascial massage, um, all of that can be really helpful for those headaches that originate from your neck. Yeah, I understand the brain has no actual nerve endings. What is it intracranial pressure or nerve signals from outside of the brain that causes the headache? Do they really know? Um, for from the neck or from migraines or which well, one? Well, for, for well, actually, for any headaches, I know they're mapping the brain out now, and it, you know there's a big study going on. Uh, I'll just I mean. And they're still figuring things out. I mean, is there is any cranial pressure a big a contributor to these headaches, or is it is it all signals from uh, outside along the nerve centers? Um, most of the time, for like migraine and tension headaches, it's really just kind of like 
the pain pathways and just spreading throughout the brain. Um, now, if it's increased pressure in the brain, that's kind of a whole different thing, and that's something that can be very concerning. Um, and those were like some of those warning symptoms I said earlier, you know, waking you up from your sleep, vomiting with it, vision changes. Um, because if you have increased pressure going on in your brain, that's something different and can be is way more of an urgency um, and something that you probably are going to end up in the hospital for. Right, like like meningitis. Meningitis is inflammation of the brain. Is that cause uh, pressure or is that an inflammation? Because uh, I suspect that I had uh, uh, mosquito-borne back meningitis a few years ago, so I had a mild headache for a couple of weeks, but they said the only way to test that was with a spinal tap, mm-hmm. and, and there was no cure. Right. So, yeah, so most of those ones like West Nile virus um, or viral meningitis, we don't have treatment for. Now, bacterial meningitis, we would need to give you antibiotics for. But, yeah, you would have to actually do a spinal tap and get some of the spinal fluid to look for it. And there's different things that we look for, the protein, and we're looking for the particular bacteria in there. Um, But, yes, that's different because that – it can definitely lead to some increased pressure in your brain. But you're right. We just – meningitis is overall just swelling of the meninges, which cover your brain and your spinal cord. You can also get encephalitis, which is just inflammation of your brain. But all of that does lead to increased pressure. Um, And what we're testing when we do that spinal tap is we're testing the fluid around your brain. And that's one thing that we're looking for. We want to make sure that's not building up the fluid. So thanks for your call, Craig. Uh, I think you brought up a good topic that uh, we can kind of transition some into, which is tension headaches, because that's going to be the most popular type of headaches that we see. Um, And a lot of times that's just this like overall just throbbing headache that you get. Um, And so it is super common. We've all had it before. And so we treat it a little bit differently. Um, So like I said, Craig brought up a good topic, which is tension headaches, because that's going to be the most common type that we get. Um, And it's just kind of one of those headaches that just happens like all over your head, just that kind of just not really throbbing. It's just like always there, just the headache um, that just won't really go away. It does tend to get worse if you're up and moving around and you feel a lot better when you just lay down. Um, Typically, you don't really have those symptoms like you do with the migraines where the light makes it worse and the sound makes it worse or the nausea. Um, But you can. uh, But it usually is just that kind of just dull, aching headache that just won't go away. Um, NSAIDs are going to be the best treatment for that. You know, like we mentioned earlier, uh, Advil ibuprofen, naproxen, Aleve, those tend to just work better for headaches. Tylenol could help, but it's probably not going to be as helpful. Um, sometimes if you have the the pain medicine or the analgesic with caffeine, so you'll see that a lot of times with like Excedrin, um, that can be very helpful as well. Uh, we do have some medicines, you know, prescription medicines that you can get that have like codeine in it or um, Fioracet, which has um, a medicine in it that can be helpful for it. We try not to give those that much. Um, those are controlled medicines. Um, so if we can avoid those medicines, medicines, we do. Um, But they are out there. So if you are one of those people who has significant headaches, it may be something that works for you as well. And then, like I mentioned, the um, at nighttime, using a muscle relaxer can be very helpful. 
Um, for all of our headaches, you know, migraines and tension headaches, uh, we, we mentioned migraines, you know, the Botox can be helpful for that as well. Um, some other injection things that can be helpful is acupuncture. It can be really good for migraines and for just chronic headaches. Um, I remember when I was a med student and did rotations at the VA, they actually had an acupuncturist at the VA. And that was one of the things that we had to do was rotate with him um, as a medical student. And I mean, people would come in for their headaches and for their back pain and like would swear by acupuncture. I've never tried it before and it is an interesting thing to watch, um, but it can actually be very helpful for headaches. And then like I mentioned, you know, there are some natural things like the riboflavin or B2 and the magnesium can also be really helpful with headaches. But the biggest thing I can't stress enough is sleep and hydration. Um, so if you are not getting enough sleep, that is a huge trigger for headaches. And even if you are getting enough sleep, if you're not getting quality sleep, so if you have sleep apnea, but you just think, oh, it's just my snoring, it's not really affecting that much, um, sleep apnea is a huge trigger for headaches. Um, so if you have sleep apnea and you have headaches and you don't really like wearing your CPAP mask, give it a try because I guarantee you it will help your headaches. Um, because if you're sleeping but you're not getting quality sleep it definitely can lead to headaches as well and then drinking plenty plenty of water so um, hopefully this has been helpful and um, if you have any questions then maybe something that we missed you can always send us an email to kids at mpvonline.org um, this has been southern remedy kids and teens it's a production of mississippi, mississippi public broadcasting think radio and is funded in part by a grant from the university of mississippi medical center and generous support from listeners like you uh, today's show was engineered by Kevin Farrell. I'm not sure who our call screener was, uh, but join us next Thursday at 11 for Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.